The Soul of an Internet Machine, a podcast journaling the adventures of a business and a software development team figuring their way through the challenges of launching a new venture. We make the occasional good decision, spend time following bad ones, and get trapped by world events. Ping me, Christina Moore, on Twitter at Seymour underbar SP. That's Charlie Mike, C-M-O-O-R-E underbar SP, or at the website, ChristinaMoore.us. Chapter 3, The Machine, or The Five Secrets to a Product Plan. Podcast flow is an internet machine. Podcast flow competes a series of tasks, has some automation, requires designing and building, and it uses energy. What is a machine? Once upon a time, we could clearly discuss the difference between computer hardware and computer software. Together, they create a machine that does something. During the recent two decades, all of what I knew about hardware and software disappeared. You were likely taught hardware is stuff you can touch. Software is something somebody writes. For all of you that held on to these definitions, it just isn't true anymore. Give a tug on your helmet strap, tighten your bootlaces, and take this leap with me. Since around the year 2000, The entirety of a computer can be managed as software. That chunk of iron and plastic you have as a laptop or a desktop or even mobile phone can or is actually entirely software. Yes, your laptop computer is still hardware. You can touch it. You can toss it out of a window and smash it. That physical bit of stuff is actually and still hardware. But somewhere in a massive room in Ashburn, Virginia, and other places on this globe, people like me run computers that are entirely software. The server itself and all of its bits, the disk drive and the internet connections, all of that is software. We can make a copy of it. We can move it. We can clone it. We can instantly make it run faster with more memory and more processors. It is, in the parlance, a virtual computer. The servers upon which we run our Oracle software The servers upon which we write in the language PLSQL are virtual. I carry a mental picture of a flat black box mounted on a 19-inch rack in a computer server room. I haven't seen one in 15 years, so I cling to that image. That image is wrong. A machine does something, maybe something useful. I've given up differentiating between an engine and a machine and hardware and software. No solid lines of demarcation exist. Each are simply metaphors. Sure, I can sometimes point to the engine on a jet or the engine in an automobile, probably because that is where the noise comes from and I might see a cog or something move. Maybe one would expect an engine or a machine is the sort of thing you can whack with a hammer or find a bolt to tighten with a spanner. That definition is a legacy from the Industrial Revolution. An engine is a thing that does something. Let's improve on this definition. How about an engine that is a thing that does something to something with a bit of automation? Or maybe a machine is a thing that does something, has some automation, and either uses or produces energy. Someone designed and built a machine to do something. Podcast Flow is a machine that helps people plan, promote, produce, and profit from podcasts. Our machine sits in the center of the internet, the cloud. It uses cloud computing and cloud storage. It is hardware and software. It has digital data connectors to several vendors. It is a machine. The machine is a bunch of different parts that work together. 
When you stand on the outside of that machine, it just looks like magic. Want to know what else I know about machines? People don't buy machines. People buy tools, but only when they understand their value and importance. I am fascinated by tools and machines from hand planes to airplanes. That's me. And that can highlight a significant flaw when managing a business. The 5th of June, 2019. In chapter one, I introduced you to Kelly Dodge, who called me on the 5th of June, 2019 with an idea. As a software developer, listening to an idea for an app is as common as a medical doctor having to listen to some rando sequence of symptoms when not at work. Oh, you're a doctor. My clavicular sphincter resonates when I eat fried broccoli and stand near a green Volvo. Seriously, stop reading the internet looking for medical assistance. Clearly, swiping left and swiping right caught on. That thumbs up thing became popular. Also, I have heard that I can learn some dance moves on other apps. Kelly got my attention with a good idea. Let's help podcasters plan and produce a podcast. Kelly knew what to say to a business owner. First, she described a suite of services or tools that podcasters would value. Nice start. When talking with a toolsmith, interesting tools are cool. I build tools. Kelly did not know. We had a related tool with no market and no customers. Second, Kelly described the market potential for a business venture. She knew how many podcasters there were, the growth rate of that market, the potential for revenue in that market. Third, Kelly identified what the market was missing. She saw a niche. A niche is important for a new product. How do you find your customers? And how does your customer find your product? You need to differentiate your widget from all other widgets. Fourth, she outlined how the business venture would be evaluated for a potential sale to another firm. Kelly put the end in mind at the outset of the project. That's a trick many of us have learned from a guy telling us about the seven habits of successful people. Fifth, she stated that she, Dr. Dr. Dodge, would be investing and participating in the effort. She accepted marketing and product design as her role and key contribution. Kelly and I have collaborated since 2010 on projects. Normally, I work for her as a ghostwriter. I know her well enough to understand that her entire presentation to me was off the cuff. At 24, she was the VP of a company with 5,000 people and was tops in that industry. She was later a business development executive and strategic planner at BAE a global defense, security, and aerospace company. Off the cuff, Kelly hit five elements of a product plan. Given her background, that she does this is not a surprise. It is a necessary discipline for business owners and software developers thinking of that killer app. Throughout my career, I have emphasized my skills designing and building tools. Let's go build a tool and we'll find a market. That is a strategy I have engaged in repeatedly, which is how my firm owned a project management application in the spring of 2019 with no customers. Task number one, identify a market for the machine you want to build. I did not do that with my project management tool. Our customers in Puerto Rico wanted a means of coordinating the complex activities of their disaster recovery staff. My response I'll build a classic project management tool that does Gantt charts, makes pretty calendars, emails people's tasks, and keeps track of meeting notes and stores project documents. There is a disconnect. 
this toolsmith built the tool that I thought I'd like. The center of that thought process cannot be me, but market or customer. That's a fail. With Podcast Flow, we made the commitment to serve the market on their terms. Thank you, Kelly. Task number two, understand the market potential before spending money. Ventures, even nonprofits, need to balance the financial books. Bills must be paid. Payroll must be met. Pulling out a tape measure while striving to measure the potential revenue and potential size of the market must be a factor in deciding to go forward. Task number three, seeing the niche and recognizing the needs of people. Better and different may not be sufficient factors to get people to buy your engine over the engine of another. Podcasting, like so many concepts on the internet, started because one or more of my kind said, I can do this. Podcasting is a kludgy mess of borrowed technologies. Those who want to write, produce, and profit from a podcast must engage in numerous disciplines. Entirely analogous to being an entrepreneur, writing, audio engineering, geeky web stuff, social media, communicating with your listeners, finding sponsorship. That's a minimum of six skill sets. Not a barrier, just a challenge. Even opening the simplest of business requires bookkeeping, attracting and retaining customers, doing that thing that is your business, and dealing with vendors. Apple does a fine job of hosting podcasts, and so do a dozen other companies. Looking into a market space to see what is missing, then knowing you can meet that need, that is a gift. Podcast flow is not technology tossed into a marketplace full of technology. That results in failure. When talking about opening a restaurant or a retail shop or an online market stall or a personal services firm, knowing how you will differentiate yourself is key. Task number four, always know where the exits are. There are eight emergency exits on this plane. We all know the song and the dance that goes with that routine. Each business plan or product plan needs a minimum of two exits. What do you do when you recognize failure? And what do you do when you recognize success? Of course, of course, we never plan for failure, blah, 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 blah. Entirely not true. I've been a volunteer firefighter since I was about 18 years old. And off and on during my life, I've worked as an EMT, then a paramedic. And I spent a year in Iraq as a civilian member of the U.S. Army's 4th Infantry Division. Guess what? In every case, I was trained to plan for failure and have plans for when things go horribly wrong. Planning for failure and planning for disasters does not make them come true. And it does not create a defeatist attitude. These plans often demonstrate depth and resiliency. Planning for success is often just as difficult. Most of us that start a business think about paying the monthly bills, eating regularly, and taking care of those around us. When you deliberately plan the exit strategy for success, you'll necessarily push the event horizon. One might just recognize that retirement and families and activities other than work could be, and just may be, ticking higher in your priorities. Our exit strategy for Podcast Flow LLC is simple. When the annual projected revenue meets X value, the company will be valued at Y. At Y value, we will sell and do something else. And task five, acknowledging that marketing a new product requires lead time, cash, labor, thinking, and commitment. Marketing and product development must interact, collaborate, and share common goals and commitments. 
If you are that special, amazing person that can do both, celebrate that. I am a toolsmith. I've long known that. I rely on others to support me in the marketing roles. I must work within a team to bring the balance needed for success. A sixth rule exists too. One must be flexible. Semper Gumby, baby. The 6th of June, D-Day. Within a day, Kelly and I roughly described the needs for a product. It had no name. It had two elements. One, we had a complex suite of unused software that needed a market. Two, we had a pretty good sense of the market. Podcasting is a repetitious activity. Atul Gawande wrote a terrific book called The Checklist Manifesto, informing the reader about the value of the lovely and humble checklist. Atul Gawande is a surgeon writing a book, therefore included the surgical theater into his stories. I read this book while training as a paramedic. Shortly after reading this book, I stood as the junior most person in attendance at a surgery. The head surgeon and chief nurse in the room stepped through a practice checklist as if they too read the checklist manifesto. In a full, clear voice, a young doctor in training read the patient's allergies. A check in a box. We called out our names and our reasons for being in the room. I was there to intubate the patient. I'd interviewed the patient. I'd gotten consent from the patient. I would insert the plastic breathing tube, test it, and walk out. One of the statements on the checklist was, everyone is equal when seeing a problem. When the drugs were first used, I stood at the head of the patient. A young doctor taped the patient's eyes shut. I said, patient's allergies included tape adhesive. Damn, if the entire room didn't listen to me. The checklist worked. The planning, production, promotion, and even profiting from a podcast involves a series of detailed checklists. Some of the tasks are things we love to do, like writing. I love to write and tell stories with words. Some of the things are things we may hate doing. For some, that may be writing. I like to write. I hate self-promotion. I hate to tweet. The gift of the checklist comes from the consistency. A surgeon with decades of experience listened to a paramedic who remembered that sticky tape will cause an allergic reaction on a patient's eyes. Gee whiz, doc, my knee feels good, but I can't open my eyes. The checklist also facilitates teamwork, coordination, and collaboration. The humble checklist permits us to refine a process, then improve it. I know why a surgical team reads a patient's allergy out loud to the entire team. Let's not forget that step next time. Somebody probably made that mistake before, right? Kelly listened to a podcast hosted by a team of people who wrote a series of checklists for podcasters. Follow these steps and you'll be more successful with your podcast. Nice. Perfect. That Checklist was a spreadsheet, and spreadsheets are terrible at scheduling on a calendar. They are terrible for tracking complex data like a database does. Spreadsheets rather suck at sharing data. So many problems. I did get it, though. Spreadsheets are easy and accessible. Is managing a series of checklists really what an internet machine does? Sure, why not? What gifts does the internet have to offer a podcaster or anyone involved in repetitive processes? The internet connects things. Checklists connect with calendars. Calendars connect with emails. Emails connect with people. Checklists can now connect with people. Internet stores things. So instead of just ticking a task when done, put the data with it. Put the script next to the tick mark for the script. Show the keywords. Show the episode plan. 
show, and tell, and do, and share. Now you're on the internet. A spreadsheet can't show, and tell, and do, and share simultaneously. My team had built a classic-looking and a classically-functioning project management software application. Rather stodgy-looking, too. It can have an infinite number of projects and tasks. It tracks dollars and time, and it tracks completion of tasks. It does all of the things that Microsoft Project does, except it does it in Oracle data, and it runs it in a web browser. And because it's on the internet, it can email people, and it can send information to people's calendars. And people, when they log in, can see the stuff they're supposed to see, and they cannot see the stuff they should not see. That's just modern software. There are numerous competitors, and some of their products are pretty darn good. I believe I saw a niche by blending it with our grants management software, track the dollars, documents, and data related to grants, then also track grant-funded projects, who is doing what, with what due dates, that sort of thing. This big, robust tool sat on the proverbial shelf when Kelly described the need for a checklist. Oh, isn't a project management tool really just a big, complex checklist tool? They're kind of the same. Our team could nearly immediately offer Kelly an expanded view of the process. Instead of calling anything a project, we call it a show. Instead of sub-projects, we call them episodes. Instead of hand-keying tasks for each episode, use standardized and tested checklists. Let's replicate successes and avoid known failures. So now tasks are checklists and checklists are tasks. But these tasks carry the intelligence of other people's experiences and successes. They're not just tasks or checklists. They become workflows. When people collaborate, discuss, share, and improve on workflows, then everyone does better. Podcasters are not competing for an audience with other podcasters. There are more listeners than there is podcast material. The audience for podcasts has unmet needs. This podcast, my podcast called The Soul of an Internet Machine, about business ventures, entrepreneurship, software development, and technology, will not steal anyone else's audience. My audience will enjoy this show and that show. Podcasters can collaborate and share without competing. This internet machine behaves a bit like a project management tool to help people with repetitive tasks in podcasting and also brings the value of people in community and shared ideas. From this first day, Kelly and I included members of my team. We added and rejected ways of expanding this project. We knew that we needed to be as hip and cool as other internet-based services. We had to permit people to express interest, register, buy, and gain access to the software without any behind-the-scenes human effort. We were not going to pay for technical support staff to work around the clock to help set up customer accounts. We had to entirely automate the buy, registration, and setup process. Kelly, of course, had very simple notions of this. The technical team kept hearing, it's just as easy as setting up an online market space. Sadly, no. Our machine had to process credit cards and register users automatically, which is not something our firm had previously done. We worked on big databases managing millions of dollars and 400,000 documents for governments, not the sort of thing the person off the street buys access to. Our machine needed to be easy and enjoyable to use, rather as intuitive as a knife or an axe. An axe does not have a sign that says, this is handle and this is sharp part. Many of us have used an axe as a hammer, and some of us have used a knife to whack things too, but that's off topic, but only sort of. A software developer also has to think about what will the users of this tool do with it. 
Our machine has to email people and track stuff in a podcasty way. A podcaster, even a new podcaster, needs to look at a machine and see what it does. Software is never as elegant as an axe, but it is a nice ideal image. Hold here, hit with sharp part. Our machine may just need to store data such as scripts and draft audio or meeting notes or anything else we can envision or what a podcaster can envision. Our machine has to be useful while helping podcasters achieve the success they desire. Some podcasters want revenue and some want to support a cause. Each has a voice that deserves to be heard. That becomes our commitment. Let people be heard. How we built a machine that aids people in being heard will come in the chapters and stories in this series. I release new chapters each Wednesday at 6 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time or UTC. The Soul of an Internet Machine is a copyrighted production of Fire Media LLC 2020, all rights reserved. You can find me at my website, christinamore.us. Email is okay too, christina at christinamore.us. Mm-hmm.